This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. latest edition of 100 the ed gordon podcast today i talk with comedian george wallace the georgian native has been making us laugh for decades he's also been making history on the las vegas strip by breaking ground and bringing diversity to vegas showrooms from stand-up to movies wallace has found a way to survive in a business that is always looking for the next one and doesn't hold many spots for veterans. Like many entertainers, Wallace hasn't been able to do his live show during COVID. So I wondered what he's learned by being at home. Well, George says he learned that he could do what so many of our mothers said we better not do. Guess what I found out? I found out that um, I went in my living room. I can go in my, I did not know that before COVID because, you know, I'm a black boy from Atlanta and, uh, you can't go in that living room, man. <laughs> what you say? What you say, Ed? Oh. Will not let you in that living room, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, look at look at both of us. Very successful. Very very. We got everything we ever ever could want. But ooh, don't you go in that living room, boy? So I'm scared to go in the living room. But I go in there. That's my living room. 
I, I swear I'm still scared while I'm in there. I'm looking around, very sorry about going there. And uh, when I have my friends, like when I, uh, this, the living room is an experience for me. Uh, the whole house coming from the South. Not only in the living room, but remember we had a front door and we couldn't use it either. You know, <laughs> if you're from Detroit, go around to the back, go around to the side. You know, could never use that living room. And my best friend today, the richest man in company, Jerry Seinfeld, he comes in my house and sometimes he sits in the living room and he puts his foot up on the table, put his feet on the table, on the coffee table. And, you know, I don't know how to tell him. That's, that's something black people don't do. <laughs> George, you know, it's funny. For as long as I've known you, you have always been a joyous person. You always can spend something. I mean, you know, you, you, you get going wherever we are. Is there ever a time, though, I know for me, people always want to talk news with me, no matter where I am, right? Mm -hmm. They think I have some insight on everything going on. Mm -hmm. I would suspect people want you to be funny all the time. Is that expectation okay with you? No, because it's not people want me to be funny all the time because, you know, um, I could turn business on you. Just like that, I could go into business. You know, I did. I went to Las Vegas and I did a deal in Las Vegas where I broke history. Uh, I have worked Las Vegas longer and I've done more shows than any African American that ever worked there. That includes Red Fox, Sammy Davis Jr., and Lena Horne. And every night I go on stage before I start my show, I thank God for them because they paved the way for people like me and Moms Mabel and a lot of other people. But the people just speak me, Markham, and I, a lot of the, even some of the young black comedians don't know about these people that paved the way for us. But I thank God for them, and uh, and I can get into business like owning a show in Las Vegas for an African American man to own his show. Eh, I think Red Fox did some four walling there one time, but uh, but ten years I went to the Flamingo for thirty days, sixty days, ninety days, and after ninety days, the president of the hotel says, "You ain't going nowhere." And but I said, "Okay," I took over the whole thing, and uh, you know I'm um, um, I'm a marketing major. My first degree is in transportation. So you get into education, then I go off on a whole nother limb, man. My first degree is in education, my second degree is in marketing and advertising. And that's why I was in Las Vegas so long. So I turned it into business. So everything is not funny when it's time to make a business work, especially with black man. Telling jokes ain't no joke. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when people see me on stage telling jokes, they don't see me in the morning. Sometimes five o'clock in the morning at the airport, checking out my advertising. Sometimes on Las Vegas Boulevard, looking at the trucks going up and down the street. And I try to be creative in Las Vegas, doing business like uh, when I got to Las Vegas, I said, it's got to be something different I can do because I own this show. I'm responsible for the tickets. I'm responsible for the marketing. I'm responsible for directing everything, lighting, sound, so many things I got to do. Uh, uh, so I had to go to every concierge in every hotel in Las Vegas and shake their hand. That's how I made my money. And I had a 10 o'clock show too. Latest show on the strip. Everybody else was at eight o'clock because when you do your show, seven thirty eight. So I had to do that and do business. So um, I do that. Uh, besides being funny, and then I can. I love the news. I love you. I would love to talk to you about the news. My job is to somewhat doctor the news. News. So my job is to love to listen to people like you because you bring the news and we turn it into information that people can laugh because when you stop laughing, you stop living. So there's got to be a little twist and a little laughter, no matter what you do and keep that laughter in there. So, um, I get really serious sometimes. Like right now I'm pretty, I'm mad about what's going on in Congress. 
the problem with, uh, with, with the Congress is too many old rich white men. Not all of them, but just too many old rich white men. We, you see, when we get these new people in there, like, like Georgia Blue, uh, we got a worn off, got a standing ovation the other day for making a different kind of speech. And your, your, your young John Ossoff, we need young people in there. They just HR1, we should just pass a bill. Okay, now let's say if I were to run for office. Now I'm getting serious here. Let's say if I were to run for office. Let's pass a bill in Congress that says if you got a social, social security card, you vote. Just flat out. 15 days early. Just make it free voting for everybody. As easy as it can be. Voter suppression. Then I get angry. You start talking about things like that and how we're treated. Police brutality. I can get very serious and, and, and probably mean because you're, you're from Detroit. I'm born and raised in Atlanta. But it doesn't matter where you're born, raised as a black man. I have never experienced a day in my life if I see a police officer that I don't tense up for some reason. Mm-hmm. Could, be a, could be a nice cop. I don't know, but I've never, all my experiences have been negative. You know, I, I've lived the experience in Georgia. Uh, you could be driving down the, uh, the opposite direction of the police officer, and they would turn around and come back and pull you over. So, so uh, if people expect me to be funny all the time, I can get funny, but I can be serious too. Yeah, that's very real. I, I mean, you know, there are a lot of people we white folk have found us now and want to know all about us. But that's been very real from from the day you sit in a car, particularly when you're driving. Mm-hmm. You know, for us, they may not even notice a cop car go by. But <laughs> what did you say? What did you say? They may not even notice. They don't even notice. We see we can see the little red light when back in the day we were kids, a little red light on top of the car. And we would say, OK, look out. Here come the man. Here come the, you know, that's what we would say. Here come, here come Charlie. Let's Charlie. <laughs> Let me ask you in relation to that, when you talk about getting serious, in, in, I read in 2006, you actually considered running for mayor of Vegas. Is that real? Well, no, nothing is real. I, <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me tell you what. Let me tell you something about me. First of all, people don't know this about me. I'm the most blessed person in the world. I'm the most successful entertainer you've ever met. It's not how much money you make. It's how you enjoy your life while you're living. All I ever wanted to do was be a comedian in Las Vegas. I, you know, I heard my uh, uh, Richard Pryor albums and uh, uh, Red Fox and all those party albums. And uh, I never thought about TV. I never thought about movies. All I wanted to do was a, a, a personal appearance. And, uh, and I wanted to go to Las Vegas, and that's where I went. And I became very successful and, and made a lot of money and left. And then they called me back, and I'm still there today. And they even called me the new Mr. Vegas. Uh, but and, and and talking about Vegas, that's where that came from. I'm going to run for mayor. But all I do is just listen. I'm so blessed. Let me go back. I'm so blessed. Ed, you have never. I'm so blessed. And sometimes I choke up today because I have a passion for what I do. And God has given me a gift. And all I do is just lie. I just <laughs> lie, Ed. I just love to lie. I love to make up. I love to make up sugar. I just love to lie. When I go on stage, all of a sudden. I'm running for mayor of Las Vegas. So I run with it, right? And next thing you know, it's in the news. Every four years, I run for president. I run for president just out of nowhere. I should be president. And you know, the problem with me running for mayor or senator or any office, I'd probably win. I'd probably win. If I were to run for uh, that office here in Georgia for that Marjorie Green Taylor, Marjorie Taylor Green, if I ran. If I, were, I would probably win, even up there in the red district, because I'm just going to tell you the truth. That's all we want is the truth. And I'm going to tell you some things I'm going to do. You're going to, there's so many simple things. All you've got to do is do the right thing, especially in Georgia. I got a little law. 
first law I'm going to pass if I'm ever president. Chick-fil-A going to be open on Sunday. I don't give a damn what they say. Chick-fil-A is going to be. Now, little things like that, people will laugh at, but they would never forget me. The second law I'm going to pass. Steve Harvey ain't hosting nothing no more. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I start running and ripping and talking about some things in the government, you know, while balancing the budget. I got a joke on everything. It doesn't matter what it is. I got a joke on everything. But you, uh, you were, as you say, uh, someone who early on knew you wanted to do comedy. But like a lot of comedians, I found when you didn't find comedy successful at the very start, you went into sales. You were in. No, ad- no, no, no. It was planned. Right. No, it was planned. I wanted to be a comedian since I was six years old. Right. But I'd heard comedians like Rodney Dangerfield. And uh, and that's by the way. That's the career I've paired in my life after Red Fox, Rodney Dangerfield, and uh, Joan Rivers, and Moms Mabley. They were older when people found out about them. So I'm of age right now. I'm just starting to work, even though I'm already, I've already been successful. But I knew at that time when I was in high school in Atlanta, uh, watching Tonight's show and all of these old comedians would come out, they would do vaudeville, right? And they would always say they some nights they had no place to eat, they had no food. But I said, hell no, I'm not going through that. So I decided to go to college to get a degree to fall back on. So, and I, my dad was a traveler, loved to travel in his 49 Chevrolet. Uh, and uh, my dad had a second grade education, but he always learned. He always wanted to learn everything. He was the man in the neighborhood. He's the first guy to have that Cadillac. Uh, but so, so my first degree was in transportation because I love to travel. To this day, I can get on an airplane. I've been all over the world. So travel, I got a degree in transportation. I went to the University of Akron. Mm-hmm. If you ever, ever, you from Detroit, you definitely heard of Akron. Because they, they go back and forth, you know. And plus I'm LeBron James' daddy. <laughs> I was going to say, LeBron put it on the map. This, George. Um, but to answer your question, I, I wanted to be a comedian and, and I wanted to get that degree so I could fall back on. Then I got a degree in marketing and advertising. So, and that's what got me through uh, and I went into sales. And I actually sold rags. My first job was at Cleveland Cotton Products. I sold rags. I sold that product called the Sham Wow. Mm-hmm. I sold that back in 1973, a Sham Wow. And I made $3,500 in one day. I sold it to Earl Scheid. You'd be surprised how many people need rags. Doctors need rags. Gas station need rags. Everybody needs rags. Advertising, everything in life. So I made a lot of money selling rags. And I got a financial cushion. Then I became president of sales of... Um, advertising at Times Square. I'm probably today one of the only black men. I hope I'm not. I think there may be some others in the world of advertising in New York City. Every spectacular at Times Square in New York City, uh, all the top markets in America, Detroit, Boston, Cleveland, Los Angeles, San Francisco, uh, Baltimore. I was vice president of that company. All those spectaculars, those billboards, they call them. Now they're all neon and uh, lit up uh, uh, LEDs now. Uh, But I did that. I made a lot of money. Then I said, no, and I went into a place called the Comic Strip to put them on back of the buses in New York City advertising, eat, drink, and, and laugh at the Comic Strip. And then as I closed the deal, I said, you know what? I have a little comedy act. And I, at that time, I had just come from Georgia, had never been on stage, and uh, I would always make fun of the preachers. So at that time, I became Reverend George Wallace. And I would and I go in. And you went on the first time, put a cape on, yeah. that and improvised. Yes. Didn't, didn't I, have stand up and act per se. You just went out there and, and did the reverend thing. I have no jokes. I just, I just say, man, you know, when the saints go, man, people had fun. I was telling stock jokes, a stock joke, just joke that you heard, just like Red Fox used to do, you know, because mm-hmm. that's the kind of comedy I came up with. I didn't even know people 
wrote their own material at the time, but I was just getting started. And I figured out, I got to learn, I got to learn, I got to learn, got to learn. And I'm to this day, got to learn. I got a yellow legal pad right here. I write everyday jokes because if it's not on the legal pad, it's not, the jokes are not legal. But that keeps me in the loop. Even today, you got to learn with new jokes, new jokes. And so that's what I've been doing since uh, uh, I'm in Las Vegas and that's what I'm doing. Now I'm starting to work because I think life is backwards. George, do you, um, there are some people who are bothered by the instant success that um, social media has brought to some, whether they be comedians or (laughs) singers or whatever. Um, And you have always been one who wanted to learn the craft of comedy, not just be funny, but understand what makes it fun. Learn the craft. Let me tell you something about these young punk ass kids. They come up, they got this social media thing, they go out there, they do five minutes and people laugh and then people come to see them and then the show is not what they expect it to be. But guess what? I don't care about that. If you can put asses in the seats the way you do it, I don't care. They got social media, we didn't have it. Had I been young in the day, I would have done it too. I was successful doing it my way, shaking people's hand, getting people to come out. But now they got social media, and hell, I'm into it. Me, I, I'm the oldest guy. Matter of fact, I think I'm the oldest black comedian working right now. I think I am. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to give away my jokes. Tweeting. So I got into the tweeting world. I'm a little slow on Instagram and TikTok, but I'm coming because I'm going to take my same jokes. I wrote a book called Bull Twit. I'm going to put that into uh, uh, social media. So that's the new game. So yeah. you young kids out there, do it your way and have fun. We did a movie with Cat William not too long ago called uh, Two Minutes of Fame. And that was the story. The older comedians were mad about some of these young kids coming up. I don't care. You got a guy named Country Wayne today. Has his own market. He just learned how to do it socially. Has a, millions of followers. And they come to see him. When you can put asses in the seats, it doesn't matter. I teach everybody. There's a different path for each career. Some people comparing... Uh, uh, Eddie Murphy and Ke- Kevin Hart and Richard Pryor. It doesn't matter. Whatever you do, just be you, be honest to you. And you don't have to be on top. You don't have to be number one. That's my thing. You don't have to be on top of the mountain. Just be on your way up the mountain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Be on the mountain. And, uh, and the truth of the matter is that uh, you can be very successful. I can do anything everybody else can do. I can do everything Eddie Murphy does. I can do everything. I can quit and retire today. I got homes all over the place, 17 properties. I don't care. But I love what I do. So just being, sometimes being number one can be added luggage. Like the airlines will charge you for extra baggage. So everybody we know that's been on number one, that's been number one. It's pretty tough being number one staying up there. From Prince, Michael Jackson, Dr. Martin Luther King, John F. Kennedy. Look at everybody that's number one. Catch hell some Bill Cosby. Like, oh my God, look at it. Muhammad Ali, everybody number one. So sometimes, may I don't need everybody to know me. I know enough people know me to satisfy my little ego. Hey, Mr. Wallace, that's enough of me. I can still go pee. My best friend, Jerry Seinfeld, Anderson Cooper, we were talking one day, is it better to be rich and famous? Uh, rich or famous? And I said, you know what? I got it better than both of you guys. You know, I can, uh, I can do all it travels, go anywhere I want to go, and, but I can go pee. They can't go pee. When we come back, his new book and how George Wallace found a way to make Twitter funny. 
AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S., That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. George Wallace had to find his way to social media. And when he found Twitter... He found a way to be funny in 140 characters. That led to putting some of those musings in a book titled Bull Twit and Whatnot. Bull Twit. Yeah, some people don't see that T there. Bull Twit. And that's just another way of me saying bull 
with yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and whatnot. Whatnot is the most important part of the book. It's built with it's little ramblings from my brain. I talk about anything and everything so much, and I just drop it. You know what I'm doing here, and I have my uh, assistant help me to do it. My young kid, my kids at my office help me to get into it and change a whole joke. You know, I one one of my jokes might last 15 minutes. Now I got to take it and, and turn it into 140 characters. Now it's 280 characters, but I got to make that joke funny. Like, and sometimes it's just like, and you got to be into the, my thought, my mind now. It's just like, I like to give a shout out to my favorite Coke factory. Now, I don't know what yours is, but mine is Burlington. So you just stop it like that, Burlington. Like, is there any other Coke factory? And then you get into it. That's not the funny part. The funny part is the replies that come back to me. When people say, hey, yeah, you know what? I never seen it coast in the Burlington Coke factory. Shout out to the Cheesecake Factory. Well, that's a lie. That ain't no factory over there. That's a restaurant. That's a lie. So little droppings like that. And I tell jokes like um, three liners, like I was so poor when we were up. We were so poor that my dog only had one rabie. I mean, we were really poor. Living in Atlanta, we were so poor. We never knew. When we were so poor. When we listened to the radio, we could only listen to the pips. We, I never, Ed. I never, knew, <laughs> I never knew that was a Gladys Knight until I got to Las Vegas. So these are little online ramblings in my head, little things that are, you know, and I'll do things like shout out to the top five stirs today, S-T-E-R-S, stirs. And so I, I had rooster, dumpster, ro- lobster, all of them, and people will hit me back. Right now, today, I got 3,000 replies, you know, about rooster. And you just go down the line and people ask some questions like that. And I'm saying things, tweet, tweeting things out. Uh, like, I, I don't play by the rules. I don't, I, I'm George Wallace. I don't play by the rules. I'll eat cupcakes out of a pan, and I'll eat pancakes out of a cup. I don't play by the rules. I'll pick my teeth with an ice pick, and I'll pick, I, I'll pick ice with a toothpick. So a little online rambling the crazy stuff I do in my head, you know. I'll, I'll eat French toast when I'm in England. And I'll eat an English muffin when I'm in France because I don't play by the rules. You understand? Let me ask you something that's interesting about your career, George, and, and what I've seen you do. Um, you know, comedy is is often very segregated. Mm-hmm. You know, white comics typically speak to white audiences. Black comics speak to black audiences. It's, it's almost like Sunday in church, right? Mm-hmm. But you have found a way to speak to both and still be authentically Black, which I think is very interesting. What do you think that magic has been for you? Being honest, being truthful. You know, I'm from Atlanta. All of the good stuff. You know, I know you're from Detroit. Y'all had your Motown days, but now it's the A. They, they even taking the a- ATL off now. And you know, Atlanta has become, that's what I did a joke on. With me, is growing up in a neighborhood called Linwood Park. That's my new name, by the way. George Wallace from Linwood Park. We never knew, and you know, it was segregated in the South in Atlanta. I went to, uh, hell, I was here. I rode the back of the bus, Ed. I, I, I was at the sit-ins here at the department stores. There was a department store called F.W. Woolworth and Sears. Had to eat the counters where, where you ate, and uh, I did that in Atlanta. And uh, But I was never taught any hatred in my life. It's just like love everybody and treat everybody the way you want to be treated. Basically, parenting. I think everything comes from parenting. In, 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 in church in the neighborhood in the village I grew up in never and and learning I went to all black high school never went to uh, saw a white student until I got to the University of Akron in Akron Ohio but I just love people 
And I just always was, I was never the clown of the class, but I was uh, always the happy person uh, in the class and, and tried <laughs> to tell jokes. And uh, I think laughter, that's what it is, laughter. You, you, you want to make everybody laugh. That's me. I did. So when I, by the time I got to the, when I started doing television, there were only three networks, Ed, it was CBS, ABC, and NBC. So the show for anybody to do back in the day, even Richard Pryor, the show for anybody to do, and if you made that show, you pretty much made it, uh, Johnny Carson. Yeah. And so after you did Johnny Carson, we did what? Uh, Merv Griffin. We had uh, all of the shows back in the day, once you start doing those shows, and the next day, you'd probably be working. I did Johnny, Car- Johnny Carson on a Wednesday night, and the next night, and I did it on a Thursday night, and the next night I was working for 17,000 people in front of Natalie Cole. You know, you're my, you may be my age, you may not be my age, but when we were kids, everybody, and they still do it in a way, but everybody when we were kids, there's a colored man on television, there's a black man on television, call somebody, you call somebody, look, he's on television now. And so, and, I, and that was back in 1977, not too long ago. And, uh, but once you did The Tonight Show and you did all of the shows, and then I went to the Apollo, I was just having fun. I didn't care, I just want to make people laugh. I've always been like that. In Los Angeles, a comedy store and the improv and the laugh factory. Most people, the owners don't want you working at these different clubs. Well, I'm not into that game. I don't play that game. I just want to do laughter. They say, how come George Wallace gets to do everything? That's just me. I'm just a, a, a nice guy. I don't want to play any game that I don't want to favor anybody. Let's just have some fun here and laugh. So I was able to do that. Um, black. To this day, my audience is one night could be 60% white. In Las Vegas, certainly could be next night again. Weekends could be 6% black. I don't care. And I'm still going to do my black jokes. I'm still going to do my white jokes. I'm still going to, all of my jokes, people can relate to all of them. You talk about family and and, um, the tribe that raises one. You lost your mom uh, when you were 16. I lost my father when I was 11. And I think, yeah, when you lose parents early, I think it gives you a reflection on what life is for real versus. Um, what they teach you in school, what the school will <laughs> What did you say? You really yeah. learn, don't you, man? Learn. You do learn. You really learn. Fair and, uh, you know, this is, is real life. What, what did her death at 16 teach you, show you? Two o'clock in the morning, my mom became very ill. She had been sick, but this time she was really sick. And she was awake and we were in the house. And she said, baby, I'm going to the hospital and I won't be back. She says, but don't you worry about a thing. Your life has been taken care of. It's all good for you. Mm-hmm. So at 16, I'm thinking, Mom's going to go to the hospital, and uh, she's going to come back like everybody else. But guess what? Mom knew what she was talking about. She didn't come back. But you know what Mom had already done? Mom had already prepared us, Mom, my mama and dad. I was 16, but I knew how to cook. I knew how to sew. I knew how to clean. I knew how to do everything I would need to do. Because what did they always tell us? What did my mom always tell us? I ain't going to always be around here. Y'all got to learn how to do everything. And sure enough, man, like I said, I'm the most blessed person. I went on to graduate from high school. I had the greatest dad in the world also, though, because my dad, oh, boy, was he great, too. I could talk about him forever. Matter of fact, I'm just starting to talk about my family right now. Uh, and sometimes in my act, I'm, I'm starting all over. I'm new. Like I say, life is backwards. I teach the young kids. Make sure you enjoy your life. Travel while you're young. Life is backwards. Your old people say, when I turn 65, I'm going to retire and travel all over the world. For what? You're too damn old. 
I'm teaching young people. Don't you see? I see old people in Paris all the time. They see the Eiffel Tower and they just look up. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm teaching young people, make sure you travel while you're young. Go around the world. See what people do. Go to the new beaches. Get all that stuff out of the way. Get on as soon as you get out of college, high school, get on an airplane, go to another country, see how other people live. Charge it to your parents. It's so important. And you know, Ed, you travel. People that travel are so different. So my parents taught me to learn and love everybody. My mom said your life is already taken care of. I'm in high school. I graduate. I go to Akron, Ohio. I stay with my sister for about three months because you know how that sibling thing go. You don't tell me what to do. And, and it happens with everybody, you know, next thing you know, we split. But the day I split, I get into a church with my family and I learned the lady says, come stay with me. Come stay with us. I got you with, you know, the, the houses in Detroit. They got three floors, right? And nobody's in that upper uh, attic up there. Go up there. They got a bedroom up there. And they became my family. Donna Hill, Miss Donna Hill and Mr. Lawrence Hill. Where the hell they come from? I don't know where. Stay with me. And he says, I think we got another son. That's what he says to his wife. All of a sudden, now God has given me new parents. And to this day, to this day, they're still my parents. So oh, next thing you know, I got a job at Firestone Tire Rubber Company, making $1.47 an hour. That was good money, too. $1.47. Firestone Tire and Rubber. You guys had the cars in Detroit. We had the tires. We had the rubber in Akron. And uh, next thing you know, I'm working there, and they had a tuition uh, reimbursement plan. Okay, I enrolled into the U University of Akron. I'm there. You're supposed to be there, live in Ohio for two years before you get if you pay what is it, out of state rates or something like that. Mm -hmm. No, some way, some way, I was blessed to pay in state rates. And next thing you know, I'm there. I want to be an RA. I want to live on campus. See what that's what's that like. I'm living on campus for one quarter. I want to be an RA. I want to be one of the bosses in in the dorm. You can't be an RA until you're a junior. You know, your your third year in college. Not me. I talked my way, and they said, you seem pretty mature. They gave it to me. Plus, I was only a few of the black students at school at the university. 20,000 students at the University of Akron, only 200 blacks were there at the time. But I made my way, and uh, I was a boss on the campus, too. I ran that school, University of Akron. I was there the day that uh, they had the Kent State shooting. So Akron and Kent State like 20, 30 miles, 20 miles apart, right? And uh, I went through all of that, and I ran that campus. I was one of the leaders on the campus. Uh, uh, dorm advisor, and I used to walk into the president's office, President Norman P. Auburn, and they says, I said, can I talk to the president? He said, he's busy today. I said, okay, you tell Mr. George Wallace, I'll wait. So <laughs> back in the day, I just had a personality like that. I went in there, and the next thing you know, with Kent State University of Akron and me leading the Greeks, I put everybody together, the Greeks, the, the townies, the, everybody, and I had signs on them. I want to say, shut it down because the kids had been killed. So I was a leader then. Then I became a, a member of the student uh, government. Then I was a member of uh, a bus, Black United Students. I was a member of everything. I never became a member of fraternity because ain't nobody going to whoop my ass. I don't care. Were you, were you Fred? I'm the same way, George. I what did you say? I'm your brother. I'm the best brother you're going to ever have, but you ain't going to whoop my ass with no paddle. I'm telling you that right now. And I went to every fraternity, I went to every frat party, every, every time they had a party, I was there. Then my grades were going down, and I had to rethink that. I said, you know what? If I keep going to all of these parties, I'm not going to finish school. Then I said, but if I go to school and, 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 and get a degree, then I'll be able to go to all of the parties. But if I talk out of school, I ain't going to be able to go into the parties. But I did that, and uh, 
and the next thing you know, I'm in school and got a degree, a degree in transportation. The next thing you know, I'm vice president of the world's largest outdoor, a little black kid in New York City, vice president of the world's largest outdoor advertising agency. Then I went on stage and I sold that advertising. Then I went to Las Vegas and became successful at that in television. And, and I'm still doing it. 45 years telling lies. Love what I do. Your outlook on life has always been very positive and, and invigorating, I think, for, for many to see. And even though people are starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel with COVID, there, there's a lot of depression still. There's a lot of fear uh, we are not by any means, even if the pandemic ends tomorrow, we are not by any means out of the economic strife this country is going to see. Give give people something to go on, though, Georgia. You know, you got to have some hope. You got to have some faith uh, along the way to get through this thing. You got to have hope. You got to have faith. I've always had hope. I've always had faith. When I first saw you uh, approach television, I'm going, once again, as a black man on television, boom, zoom in on them, enjoy that. Also love uh, telling people to make sure you enjoy your life, especially the young people and some of the older people today too. Um, just make sure you honor your essence. Honor your essence means do what you like doing. Just because you get a degree in marketing doesn't mean you got to do statistical analysis the rest of your life. You might enjoy arranging flowers. You might enjoy fixing refrigerators or painting cars. Or you might enjoy chemicals, working in medicine, drugs. Do what you enjoy doing, and the money will come. Look at us, me and you, great example. We're sitting here on our butts doing nothing. <laughs> We're doing not a damn thing. But guess what? The money will come. We love what we do, and we actually do it for free. That's what I say. That's a joke. <laughs> That's a real joke. But I would do it for free. What's the best thing I do? I'm better than a doctor. When you, when I walk in, I see all my patients at one time. I don't have no 10 o'clock appointment to see you 11.15, 11.30, I love what I do. And I teach young people, make sure you enjoy your life. And, and get out of that. Uh, if you have new challenges, you know, don't be like the, the, the fish in the bowl just going back and forth. Jump over the bowl sometime and take a chance. Take a chance. Enjoy your life. Do what you want to do. I'm doing a joke right now about people say, if I can do it, you can do it. That's some BS too. Everybody can't do what I do. Everybody can't do it. Matter of fact, I have the hardest job in show business, but everybody can't do it. I can't do the news like you can. I can't read copy. You can sit there and read. I, I have three college degrees and I can't read the news like you can, Ed. I would love to see one of them, the teleprompter. Mm -hmm. I do pretty good when I get them. I try to show up, but I really can't do it. You know, and it's, uh, it, it's a special gift. To be able to do that's the hardest thing in the world, being announced like you, what you do. But make sure you do, if you love what you do, you'll have no problem with doing it. What did Dr. King say? Be the best street sweeper ever? So I just encourage everybody to make sure you enjoy your life and do. That was a preacher who said, you can have what you want to have. You can do what you want to do. And you can be what you want to be. That was Reverend Ike. Remember, we were kids. And, and I, I, want to, I want to make fun of him one night. As a comedian, Reverend Ike talking about all this stuff and, and, and prosperity and everything like that. I went to make fun of him one night just to get some jokes. And when I walked out there, I think I gave that man a $20 bill. That was a lot of money being in college. <laughs> <laughs> but he said, visualize yourself with what you want and you can have it. And man, that hit me and I never forgot about that. 
Well, George Wallace, it's always a pleasure, man. The new book is called Bull Twit. Bull Twit, and you can get that uh, uh, and whatnot. You can get that. And uh, we try to make you pee a little from your eyes because <laughs> you need to keep laughing in your life because when you stop laughing, you stop living, okay? And we know one thing about laughter. Laughter is the greatest medicine in the world, and we know it's free medicine. So that's why we encourage you to overdose on laughter. George, thanks for all the years of laughter, brother. We appreciate it. I'm George Wallace. I love you, and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. Now, people are taking my saying, so I had to rewrite it. I'm George Wallace. I love you, and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it because my love for you does not require your permission. (laughs) 100 is produced by Ed Gordon Media and distributed by iHeartMedia. Carol Johnson Green and Cherie Weldon are our bookers. Our editor is Lance Patton. Gerald Albright composed and performed our theme. Please join me on Twitter and Instagram at Ed L. Gordon and on Facebook at Ed Gordon Media. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. I'm late. I'm late. Three very important Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come.